This talk was recorded by Canvas Outreach Minneapolis, the College Ministry of Bethlehem Baptist Church, as a part of the 2021 Summer Training Project. For more information on Summer Training Project or Canvas Outreach Minneapolis, visit cominneapolis.org. Cool. Welcome to Missional Training Time. This is the first, first, correct me if I'm wrong, first year ever. Are we called it this? Yeah, hey, sweet. I like that title. We talked about that. And hey, go ahead and take your pen. Cross out, what does it say? Ministry? Cross out ministry. The reason why we changed it to missional, I think that somebody else might have, Zach or Liz might have more to say. Because when you think of ministry, it can be easy to think about what we do full-time, somebody that works for a church. Um, but when you think about missional, uh, a missional lifestyle, that can be anybody. You could work for Target, you could work for Starbucks, you could work for Optum, and you can live a missional lifestyle. You can be a stay-at-home mom like my wife and live missionally. And so that's why we changed it. Anything else to add? No? Great? Awesome. Um, hey, here's where I want to start. I, I do understand that I don't know where a lot of you guys are at when it comes to thinking missionally. I think that we would all agree that we're all in different places. And I want to say from the front and from the get-go, oh, that's okay. It's okay. You might have zero experience. You might have a lot of experience. You might like it. You might love it. You might hate it. And I would still say my aim is the same, that I would want to inspire everyone in this room to live missional lifestyles. Cool? Again, wherever you're at, it's okay to be where you're at. I want to still push you forward. And we want to push you forward towards living a life in mission. Um, a little, little explanation of what this time will look like. You'll hear something from up front in the beginning. And then after that, we'll have some, what we would call a little workshop time. And then, uh, Maybe a little, maybe a little encouragement towards something, a little spur towards something. Am I missing anything there? Great. Yeah. Um, I don't want you to answer this. I don't want you to answer this. I want you to think about it. How many of you in this room know somebody? And when I say know somebody, have a relationship with know somebody. <laughs> oh, choked on my lap. <laughs> know someone. Uh, back home, have a relationship with them that doesn't trust in Jesus. You know somebody. Oh, you know, hey, you can raise your hand if you want to, but I, I, how many of you know somebody and have a relationship and are close with and are friends with, have, have, have some sort of close ties with back home? Um, I want you to think about that. Again, don't answer this. Don't answer this one. Um, I, I think that what I said earlier, a lot of people are coming from different places. The next question. You feel, because I talked about this um, many days ago, however many days ago, during the work talk, and how many of you feel like you are a blessing to other people? Or have something offered to other people? Think about it. Um, Alright. Let me pray. That we um, 
want to be people um, who live for you, who don't want to look at ourselves. I pray that the things that come out of my mouth, the things in your word, the things that we talk about after this, will spur us on towards love and good works towards others that would lead to us living missionally and sharing the gospel with the people that we love. The gain, if you want a title, there's your title. The Gain of a Missional Lifestyle. Next week, alright, uh, yeah, next week, Liz will come up and talk about the opposite of gain, which is, yes, loss. Uh, yeah, am I right? Alright, great. <laughs> I don't know what you titled it, but loss of a missional lifestyle. But I want to talk about this, and I hope that this will be inspiring. But before we get to that, uh, let me tell you a little bit about who I am. Next slide. Uh, all right, so I was looking at my phone, and I was scrolling through my phone, and there are so many pictures of one of my three kids. And what we noticed is that we don't really have any pictures together. So we, we went out on a date, um, and we went out to the pier. That's the pier. And we got a picture together, so that's my wife and I. If you haven't met Hannah, she is going to be around three kids who are doing various different things. Um, we've been married coming up on five years. Uh, next slide. Uh, those are the kids that you may have seen around Project. The, if you don't know, I'll let you know now. The one on the way left, she is eight months. Her name is Ren. I just want to, hey, by the way, this has nothing to do with the talk right now. I just want to let you know who, who these people are and who I am. Um, that guy, boy, <laughs> is Ellis, and he is a year and a half. That's Luella. She is three and a half. Um, beautiful family. Love them. Uh, a little bit more about me. Next slide. I worked for about six years in various different places after I graduated college. After I graduated, I worked at a dance studio and taught hip-hop, and I worked at Starbucks, and I loved it. I seriously considered doing Starbucks for a career, and I loved it. Um, that, and if you can't tell, I used to have a flow back there. Not coming back. Um, and I, I wanted to, sh and then that, that's me working for a dance studio in St. Cloud. I couldn't find any pictures of me, so I used to work at Starbucks. Uh, I worked at a dance studio. And for, the, for uh, five years, I worked as a teacher. And I couldn't find any pictures of me teaching. And this was uh, one of those dress-up days you guys know what I'm talking about. Uh, so this was like superhero day. And can anyone guess who I am? Gandalf. Yeah, that's great. I, I came in. I, I didn't have anything. I found some uh, cardboard paper. I cut out a hat, and I cut out a beard. And I found this stick somewhere, and I became Gandalf. Um, I, I wanted to show this too because these were people that I in interacted with on a daily basis. Um, those women I got to see uh, up top uh, almost every day and got to have interactions with them and hear about their life. But these people right here, I got to hear about their life and how they actually have some animosity towards Christianity as well. And when I worked as a teacher and I got there, I worked at a private school 
And I enjoyed it. And what really compelled me to leave was I felt, I felt uneasy. I was surrounded by a bunch of Christians. I was stuck in a bubble, and it felt very unnatural to be there. And my hope, too, is that you would feel, it would feel very unnatural to not have any non-Christians in your life. It felt so unnatural that I, I, I mean, I get that I was teaching students that may not have been believers, um, but I couldn't follow up with them. There was a line between being a teacher and having a relationship with a student. And so I decided to come on staff at Campus Outreach and happy about it. So I, I left my job. I wanted to be un, around unbelievers. I didn't, yeah, I didn't. Here's what I want to say. I think being a Christian and sharing the gospel are not mutually exclusive. What it means, a part of what it means to be a Christian is to live missionally. Uh, Acts 20, 24. Paul says, But I do not count, count my life of any value most precious to myself, if only I may finish my course in the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus. To do what? to testify for the gospel of the grace of God. That's what his life is about. His life, I, my life has no value. I want to finish my course in the ministry that I received from the Lord, and that, that is to share the gospel of the grace of God. Um, and here, here's what I want to uh, acknowledge. You have eight trainings, and I think I'm not going to be able to, in eight weeks, we are not going to be able to cover everything so that's why I think we need to be lifelong learners of the people that we're with and continue to be in God's work. And we need to be lifelong learners of people because people are different. We can't have uh, this go-to and do the same thing to every single person because it won't work. You're not the same person. And, quite frankly, you're not loving them because you don't know them. You're just doing something to them. All right, all right, cut that off. Um, Alright, I'll share this. Two days, three days in the project, me and some other guys went to the beach. I didn't plan on this happening by any means. I did not plan to put this in my talk, but it happened. We went to the beach, we were skimboarding, and while we were skimboarding, some dude, his name is Ryan, Ryan the Dallas, comes up to us. He says, hey, can I try that? And I'll, I'll be honest too. I, I want to be really honest with where I was at. I was, I felt inconvenienced. I wanted to skateboard. I honestly, it's been, it's been eight years since I've been here, and one of the things I was really looking forward to was skateboarding. And then here comes Ryan, and he wants to have a conversation around spiritual things. And um, honestly, I'm very thankful for it. Uh, I want to share, on one hand, I'm thankful for it. On the other hand, I, I was, um, I felt inconvenienced. Um, I share that story to because there's this passage in the Bible. And again, don't answer this. First uh, Peter. In your hearts, honor Christ the Lord is holy. And then here's what we should look at. Always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. Maybe you should note that last one too. Gentleness and respect. Uh, I share that story with you uh, about my conversation. And, and it ended up, it was super civil. I got his card. Um, I've yet to text him, uh, but he wanted to keep up because he was interested. And uh, I, I, I wonder, and it's okay, again, it's okay. If some, something like that happened to you, would you be ready? Would you feel ready to engage 
Would you be able to answer his questions? Would you be able to have questions for him? Would you be able to lovingly engage him and not feel threatened and maybe come off as uh, or accosted? You don't want to accost him. Would you be able to do that with gentleness and respect? Uh, book recommendations. I'm trying to zoom through this right now because it's not even a contest, by the way. Uh, because we got to be lifelong learners, these are books that I recommend. Evangelism in this. Hey, go ahead and take your phone out so you don't have to write all of it and take a picture of that. I have been helped by all of these books, and I highly recommend you pick one of those, order it on Amazon. You don't have to ship it here. Maybe get it back home. Read one of them. Picture's good. All right, all right, we'll keep it up there. Has anyone in this room seen the Netflix movie, The Mitchells Against the Machines? Raise your hand if you've seen the movie. Oh, man. So little. All right. Watch that movie. It's great. Uh, so let me set the uh, context. Um, very dysfunctional family. Uh, very funny. Um, there's this tech guy that invented this robot. And, all right, I'm just gonna jump to it. Robots start taking over the world, okay? And as the robots are taking over the world, they're stuck in this gas station. And as they're stuck in this gas station, the, this is the dad's response to, to this. Uh, that he, he wants to board everything up, he wants the whole family to stay there and not do anything and wait for this all to go away, which, again, it won't go away if you're getting taken over by robots. Um, it's not nerdy. Uh, it's, it's a really fun movie. And this is a, and so he, he says, it's too dangerous out here. We need to stay here and play it safe. End quote. Then this, his daughter, who, again, has a really dysfunctional, bad relationship with his father, says this to him. We have a chance to save the world, and we're going to do it because Rick Mitchell taught us to be bold and never play it safe. The world needs you, and I need you. I thought I didn't anymore, but I do. Uh, when I watched that clip, I, I paused the movie and I always put it on my phone. Uh, when I watched that clip, that immediately made me, made me think of, we have something. We have this something, we have something in jars of clay, whatever you want to say. We have a chance to, quote unquote, save the world. And my hope is that from this talk, that you would walk away from this. I, I, my hope, honestly, is that you would walk away today from whenever I get done talking and not want to play it safe. That you would not want to live comfortable lives. That you would be bold and have courage to go out and build relationships and share your faith with people that are involved in your lives. Cool. All right, if you'd like to take notes, here we go. My main, main overarching umbrella. Why do we live a missional lifestyle? A missional lifestyle. Oh, what? missional lifestyle. Never mind, that works too. Why do we live missional lifestyles? There are three points. And here's how, if you like to take notes, because I, I thought all three of them were super related. So put on, on the top, we love God. In the middle, we love people. And in somewhere in the bottom, just so you have space to take notes, we love joy. We love God for three reasons I think we should do. We, we should live missional lifestyles. We love God. We love people. And we love to be happy. That's another way to put it. We want to pursue our joy. 
And as I'm talking, because they're so related, whatever you hear coming out of my mouth, feel free to put it in whatever category you think it fits in. Does that make sense? It is, I do have it in chronological, that order. So you can do what I say, or you can put it where I say it, or you can put it where you think it fits best. Cool? Uh, all right, we love God. And I think if you love God naturally, you, you, you obey Him. You follow Him. You do what He says. That, that, that is a, a natural out overflow of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. You, he, you are no longer under your lordship. You are under His lordship. You obey Him. And so here are a couple of passages that talk about sharing your faith. Uh, Matthew, I'm not going to read them all. Again, if you want to you write down these references, I, I'll, there they are. Matthew 28, that's the Great Commission. John 20, 21, as the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. Acts 1, 8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, and all of Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. It's commanded. It's there. It's in the Bible. It's called to live missional lifestyle. Cool. What I don't want you to feel is that you're doing this out of duty. And that's why the, I think the first point I want to highlight is that we want to do things because we love them. So instead of doing things out of duty, my hope is that you would do it out of delight. Um, how many people in this room, I'm going to try this, know who Zach Simmons is? Raise your hand high. All right, I think this will work. What does he love to talk about a lot? Kettlebells, right. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. Zach, why do you talk about kettlebells? Because <laughs> he loves it, right? You love it. He loves kettlebells, he loves it. We talked about functional patterns the other day, talked to him about it, right? It's great stuff. Um, and if you talk to my daughter, she would love talk to you about anything Disney. She's a nat and, and here's where I'm going. Here's, a, here's what you can write down. You are a natural evangelist for the things you love. And I think that says something about you. If you're, if you're not eager to share the stuff that you're learning about God, think, think about that. Why? Why, why? why not? Out of the overflow of your heart, share something that you love about. I, I can talk about Food, uh, yeah, I can talk about restaurants, I can talk about food all day with you guys, because I love food. I can talk about my kids, because I love my kids. I can talk about my wife, because I love my wife. I can talk about minimalism, because I love minimalism. <laughs> love simplicity. I can talk about decluttering. Uh, all right, we're, we're done with that. Uh, see, I, you, you see it right there. I can, I can keep talking about it. I, love, I, I would love to talk about it with more with you if you want to talk about it. Uh, Acts 4, 19 through 20. I don't know if I have it as a slide. Do I have a Okay, I don't have it as a slide. There's this passage where you, you can see it within Peter and John. They say, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. Listen to this. For we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. There is something about the gospel that is so compelling to them. And it is compelling. Jesus has died for you, and you don't deserve it. He has given you the free gift of eternal life, and you didn't want it. He took you, an enemy, and made you a son, a daughter. That is compelling. And that is good news. And so Peter and John say, we cannot but see, speak what we have seen and heard. Uh, not only is this commanded uh, to be uh, obeyed in delight, I think that this is actually 
what we were made for. This is who you are. So it's, again, it goes back to what I said earlier. You can't disconnect Christian, being a Christian and sharing your faith. Here's this big passage. I'm going to read it. For the love of Christ controls us because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. He died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh. We regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry. You hear that? He gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Here we go. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin, and we know sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. You currently all have a bunch of hats or titles. Um, friend, brother, sister, uh, son, daughter, um, uh, what else? Um, employee, employee, etc., etc. And soon enough, more, more titles. Maybe future wives, future uh, mothers, future husbands, future fathers, all, all of that. But you are first and foremost a Christian. For all of that, you're a Christian. And you're a child. Um, you are an ambassador. When you guys go out and have jobs for the rest of your life, your, t- your primary title is not um, barista, teacher. Your primary title is ambassador. Ambassador for Christ. Um, Alright, we love others. Second reason, we love others. Um, here's a story. Uh, have you guys heard of Penn and Teller? Um, there is this hour-long video. Um, you don't need to watch it. I can summarize it for you. Uh, this guy's an atheist, Penn. Um, he's the uh, guy with glasses. He's an atheist. Um, and he, uh, he sees it. And he understands Christianity. And he concludes, how much do you have to hate me to not tell me about this? How much do you have to hate me to not share the gospel with me? If it really is true, that Jesus is the only way. How much do you have to hate me? I'm not telling you about it. We love others. Um, Philippians 1, 21-26. But to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. You hear that? If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. Yet which I shall choose, I cannot tell. I am hard-pressed between the two. And desires to depart and be with Christ, but that's far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for the progress and joy in the faith, so that in, ye, in me you may have ample cause the glory of Christ Jesus. Because of my Another passage, Proverbs 24:11. Rescue those who are being taken away to death. Hold back those who are stumbling to the slaughter. The people that are around you are people. They are going to die. Cheers. Um, I think that uh, here's a little illustration. Um, 
if any of you guys have seen YouTube videos of uh, like a kid getting adopted into a, a kid getting adopted into a family, have you seen those videos? How does it make you feel? You can you can participate. How does it make you feel? So good, happy. There is when I watch these videos, those are. That makes me happy too, but there's like far better when you see somebody in front of you be declared a son of the pot of the king. It's like, don't just take from me a bottle says it too. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. I really believe there's going to be a day when we get to heaven. And we're, uh, yeah, I don't know how this works. We're going to be in the early gates, let's just say that. There's going to be a, there's a door. It's standing behind us. We're going to see all the people we have brought with us. Oh, we have to interact with and share it. It's worth it. We're living in this house. It's so worth it. It's people in the world. All right. We love joy. I want to make it clear that uh, this is ties in with the fact that we love God. Evangelism is not a burden. It is a privilege that you get to partake in, in the redeeming role. You, you, you have a role in the redemption of the world. You get to partake in God's plan for redemption. Who's a uh, uh, I, I don't think it's such a perfect to do it in the class. You have nothing to lose. But Philippians 1, um, 1 21, it's me to live as Christ and die as him. Nothing to lose. I mean, you live in America too. You have absolutely nothing to lose in America. But even then, if you die, it's game. It's worth it. Um, Harry Potter fans? <laughs> Come on, raise your hand, raise your hand, Harry Potter fans. Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. Which number is that? Five, thank you. Uh, there's this, uh, so they finally figure out that Voldemort's real. Voldemort is here, okay? All the street. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so Voldemort's here, uh, and then he goes away, and then there's this, the, the very last scene in the Order of the Phoenix, Harry is talking to all, all his friends, and this is, I just watched it before I came down to project. Um, I've been thinking about something Dumbledore said to me. That even though we have a fight ahead of us, this is a fight, by the way, a fight ahead of us, we got one thing that Voldemort does not have. Somebody worked about this. Uh, somebody, somebody finished me off. Ah, no, all right, that's okay. Something worth fighting for. Something worth fighting for. We have something worth fighting for. Um, the glory of God and the salvation of souls is worth the cost that everything lives in talk. The glory of God and the salvation of souls is worth the cost. To see my um, to see my 85-year-old grandmother who doesn't speak English. I don't speak Chinese, so I can't help her. I don't help her. To see her come to Christ. <laughs> um, another scene from Harry Potter in the Order of the Phoenix. 
Um, students are taking the OWL exam. You guys know what that is? All right. Dolores Umbridge. Punk. Who loves her? Who likes her? Actually, thinks she's a good character. All right. All right. Cool. Go, 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 go. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. Um, Harry Potter and the Order of Phoenix. Students are taking the OWL exam. Dolores is now taking over as headmaster and. I, I use these words. This is not. Uh, I I try to make this illustration clear. That he's in, she's enslaved them to these walls, right? A bunch of those things get hammered by uh, Finch. Um, and what's really sweet after that? What, what happens? Who comes in? Come on, Harry Potter fans. Fred and George come in with their. Uh, oh my God, broomstick, broomstick, and then fireworks and all that stuff, and all the walls come down. Uh, all the papers go flying, and what happens as soon as all those walls come down and all those papers come flying, and then, and then the, the dragon eats Dolores? Um, what happens after that? The students run, race out of, you see this plethora of students run out in joy, and I, th I thought that was one of the most beautiful pictures of freedom. Freedom. They, they, they were once enslaved to all of these laws, and now they're running free and don't have to worry about that anymore. Imagine what it would be like for students and coworkers and all your friends back home to know freedom. And you get to be a part of that. You get to be a part of that. Um, I get that you guys are down here on Project to Grow and love for God. And I love that. I mean, that's, that's pretty shit what if everyone in this room, what if everyone in this room was intentional? It's just one person. For you. What if everyone tried to build a real relationship and asked good questions about the life to the people that they're getting to know at one moment, Chick fil A, at the chapel? What could God do? I have a slide. when this picture was taken? Can anyone guess? Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Eight years ago, I worked at Walmart. This guy's name is Robert. <laughs> Literally, my second day here, I go into Walmart. No, my first night here, I go to Walmart. Ah, for a second day, whatever. Second, doesn't matter. My second day here, I'm looking for floaties for my kids. And I'm going in an area that I usually don't go. That's what I'm going through. I go up to him and say, hey, I scroll, I, I look for this picture on Facebook. I show him this picture. Is this you? Or um, 
Ich höre wieder von Fleischen. Das ist This is not normal plan right now. Uh, this is not a normal goal. Um, I know what I'm asking you to do is impossible. This is an impossible task. You cannot convince other people. You cannot convince other people to say no to themselves and yes to Jesus. To say, I don't want to live my life for myself anymore. I want to follow this kid and please be my friend. I, I get that, you know, normal people have normal goals. You know, they get stronger, they can live with more, they can eat healthier, they change what they eat. I want to offer to you, you actually have no hope because of that. You have, because you have absolutely no control over those, whether or not someone comes to know Jesus. You have more hope. Do I have this, do I have this passage up? Do I have another passage up there? Something um, about 1 Corinthians 3, 5 through 7. What then is it called us? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believe as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. He's going to do it. He can do it. What I'm extending, hoping that you see, choosing to live a missional lifestyle means you get to have a front row seat and watch God work in the person growth and get joy out of it. Um, what I really get excited about is that most of you guys in this room will most likely graduate and work somewhere else, corporate, uh, I can't think about that. some sort of job in the real world, which means that you will have real influence, and that is exciting to me. That is so exciting that there's going to be, you are the light of the world. You are a city set on a hill. You are an ambassador. And you get to be there, and that is exciting. I think that question that you have to ask yourself is, do you want to live a life of comfort where you can just post through, do your job, get paid well? Or do you want to live a life of self-denial and say, I want to live a life of mission. I want to invest in this people's life. And my primary title isn't whatever this is, but my primary title is to be an influence and an ambassador for Christ in this workplace. And I, uh, um, I had a list of names of people that um, I've seen come to know Jesus in front of me, but uh, for the sake of time, I'll uh, skip that. Um, it is worth it to get in the Lord Christ. If you really want more of Jesus, if, you're really, if you really want to gain Jesus, your faith. You get to hear, as you're sharing your faith, and here's what's really practical, as you're sharing your faith, you get to hear about the gospel over and over and over again. You get to remind yourself of the gospel over and over as you share your life with people, this person, that person. They're related, not mutually exclusive. Um, my last thought. Um, not great. What if every single one of us thought of one person 
And what if, when we go back after this project, or even kind of whatever you want, however you want to apply it, what if every one of us thought of that one person? Maybe, maybe when I asked you that question earlier, you could think of one person. What if that person was a person that you invested in? What if each of us decided to do that? Imagine what happens. God, thank you that we get to be a part of your redeeming plan. I pray that all of us in this room would feel that it is a privilege, that we would be excited, that even though we might have fears or barriers that exist, that we would say that it's worth um, overcoming those fears so that we could experience the joy that that is to be had in seeing somebody for the first time put their trust in Jesus. That is in Jesus' name. Amen. Alright. Transition. Workshop time. This isn't really a workshop. This this is something I just want you guys to think about. You have two... I, I want you for... Uh, five minutes to think about this on your own and after five minutes I would love for you guys to then and I'll tell you guys when to switch so five minutes think about these discuss oh can you hit the next slide these uh these discussion questions what are the barriers in your life that would keep you from living a missional lifestyle is it the fear of man is it that you don't want to be uncomfortable is it that maybe, maybe you're just selfish and you're like I just want to do my own thing I want I want I want more cars. I want to. I want a boat. Um, maybe. Maybe it's. I don't know. That, that, what, whatever comes to mind. What are the barriers in your life that keep you from living a mission lifestyle? And another question. Uh, who's one person I work with? I don't know. If there is anyone. And again, no shame. It's okay. If you don't know anyone yet. Um, take five minutes. Think about that on your own. Thank you for listening to this message from the 2021 Summer Training Project hosted by Campus Outreach Minneapolis, the College Ministry of Bethlehem Baptist Church. Please feel free to share this message with others, but please don't charge, edit, or alter the content in any way without the written permission of Campus Outreach Minneapolis.